nomine Dei Nostrum. Welcome to Speak of the Devil. Uh, my name is Reverend Campbell, and as usual, I'm, with this uh, professionalism series, I'm being joined by Priestess Josephine Seven. How are you doing, huh? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? And, well, <laughs> <laughs> while the world is burning, I feel great. A new year. <laughs> a new year with hopes for better things to come. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining uh, live. If you're joining with us, this is, in fact, live. Uh, the uh, professionalism series is a live audio podcast so i hope uh you guys have you're okay we can't see you so why should you be able to see us you know i mean leave the mystery yeah that's what i'm saying except i've got this <laughs> mug staring at people <laughs> on my feed uh ellie thank you so much for joining live william it's always great to see you valeria how you doing logan liming not much what's up with you Crypto Clown, how you doing? Thanks for joining live. And we, everyone. Oh, Jesus is here. <laughs> he hath risen. Jesus. Praise <laughs> the Lord. Jesus Christ, great to see you. <laughs> Thanks for joining in the chat. <laughs> Behemoth, how you doing? Patrick, my man, Patrick. How you doing, man? Hey, Thanks Patrick. for joining live. Um, okay, so this is actually a suggested uh, episode. Uh, so I, I never got permission to say the person's name, but I was recommended a few articles that are going to be a jumping off point for our conversation about consequences uh, really in a professional environment. This entire series is meant to better you as a professional human being. And so that is going to be the focus, the sort of the frame in which the conversation takes place. I hope that you're all ready for this. And if you have any questions or comments throughout the course of our conversation, please put them up and we will get to them. Robert, thanks for joining live, man. It's always good to see you. Um, even if you're not a professional, we can all aspire, can't we? <laughs> <laughs> um, it has been almost a year. We were mentioning this before we started the show. It's been almost a year since you and I have uh, joined forces, as it were, for a professionalism episode. And I'm very happy that we could reconnect with this. Uh, a little behind the scenes for everyone listening. We had actually planned on doing another episode, but I sort of, you know, back last year. But, you know, sort of the world happened and uh you know i needed to take a little bit of time off and so we just sort of put it on pause but we're back for this um so i guess i don't know let's just start with the suggested article as the jumping off point um this is about the british airways uh easy fan or only fans uh i don't know a stewardess i guess who is trying to um this Can you the British call them still, or do we have to call them flight attendants? I don't remember. What are the rules this year? That's true. I'm not entirely sure myself. Okay. Um, let's just call them in-air assistance. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Concierge. Yeah, yeah. Air concierge. Um, no, I mean, the fact is, is that, you know, with what has happened this past year with the pandemic, people's hours have been cut. And some people have turned to the site OnlyFans in order to make a little extra money. And so whether it's uh, flight attendants or whether it's ambulance attendee, I don't know, this what are, the, what are the ambulance people called? E, e, uh, I think it depends on what you're doing on the right, ambulance, right. but um, mobile concierge. There we go. <laughs> In air or on land, concierge, uh, the paramedics. Thank you, Ellie. I appreciate that. 
uh, people are just turning to OnlyFans in order to find a way of making a little bit of extra Skrilla in order to survive. You know, when, when the government tells the majority of the country, you cannot go to work, you have to do something. But again, there's always consequences with every choice you make in life. Some of those are very small, and some of them you never realize, and some of them have grand impacts. And as Satanists, we should certainly be aware of consequences of our actions. Uh, you know, that's why there's this saying of tucking the baphomet. So mm -hmm. uh, the conversation set up here is Lauren Caitlin Kwai, 23, works for Senior Care EMS in New York City. She's so cash-strapped from her low-paying ambulance job that she moonlighted by selling online access to erotic photos and videos of herself on OnlyFans for fees starting at $11.99 a month. Quote, I know senior care would deem this inappropriate, so I took it down in the hopes that I wouldn't lose my job in the middle of a pandemic and three weeks before Christmas, Quite texted. She said senior care has asked to meet with her. Now, on senior care's website, the description of all jobs forbid inappropriate conduct on and off duty. The requirements include adheres to standards of personal ethics on and off duty, which reflect credit upon the profession. And in addition to her story, in April, an Indianapolis mechanic was fired from her job after her employer discovered she had an OnlyFans account. So for each of these individuals, there were direct consequences for trying to earn a little bit extra money in a, I don't know, in some eyes, an unbecoming manner. And that's really, I think, the beginning of the frame of the conversation I think we should start. And, you know, there's two real reactions we should have on this. Is one that uh, flight attendants and medics in the United States clearly are not making enough if they need two jobs to survive. And Lauren specifically clearly suffered the consequences of her actions through her employer's threats. Though she still, as far as the news has alerted, has her job, she was forced to take down her OnlyFans account and stop earning the extra money. So, um, what do you think about that? Well, I want to state first and foremost, unequivocally, I have, um, if you want to make your coin by sharing your body or being sexual, like I got no problem with that. I, mm. I am not judging anyone who does that. You, you know, all power to you. However, in the times that we live in, there are consequences if you make a decision to do that where it could have a negative effect on you. Mm -hmm. And there are going to be, <clears throat> I'm going to put it so, I think there are some people that really truly are offended by sexuality or just like any display of nudity. Like there are some people that are fairly deeply religious and it's incredibly offensive to them. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not saying if it's wrong or right to be offensive. I'm just saying you need, you need to acknowledge those individuals exist, right? So that's A. Then you have people that probably care less one way or another. But if they think they can use it against you in a power play, they will, mm. right? Yeah. And in any kind of employment situation, and, and I'm going to just say in my years of experience, I'm kind of an old lady now. I have yet to find any kind of environment, be it volunteer or paid employment, where there is not a whole bunch of politics going on, yeah. okay? Yeah. I don't care if you work for Dunkin' Donuts or the Senate. There are politics. And 
if someone can use something to get over you or either, you know, manipulate you into something or literally just get you fired or get you like looked over for, I mean, people are going to use what they can use. And in cases like this, this, this could app, you know, could be handing someone ammunition to use against you in, in the future. And, you know, again, I, I got no problem with it. I wouldn't use it against someone, but I have to acknowledge I've seen it and I've watched it and it's, it's absolutely got the potential to happen. So, you know, you have to kind of go into it with your eyes open and, you know, for, forewarned is forearmed or whatever, I guess. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Well, and there's, so Zachary is saying the entire premise of their objection is that based on sex work being amoral, I think that's a little bit of a two-sided question, right? Because whether it's immoral or not for the corporation's perspective is less important as how it reflects upon the corporation. We have to remember yeah. businesses and brands are very concerned about advertising, about um, partners, political and uh, uh, corporate partners that they work with. There's a board that sits and rules on decisions that the corporation is going to make. And if any actions of employees reflect negatively on that board, where well, they're going to get rid of those people. And so it's, it's less of an individual judgment right. as it is a corporation covering their ass. <laughs> well, just like, just like this young lady needs to pay her rent, they got to pay their bills too. And so if, you know, let's just say, for example, I run a company where I cater to my audience, my money, my primary like group of people that are like paying my bills are all, you know, very, very, very Christian and very, very, very like have a problem with that. Yeah, I probably am, you know, as much as I could care less one way or the other, if it's going to affect my wallet and my bottom line, like, yeah, bitches, you, you shouldn't be taking your clothes off because it's going to make me look bad. And then I can't pay my bills. Therefore, I can't pay your bills either. And we all going to lose our job, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's America has always had issue. And, you know, we can blame it on Puritans. We can blame it on the religious influence in our country. But Americans have always had issue with the oldest profession. Um, I think more, definitely more so than some other countries that I've, you know, worked yeah. with. You know, I know, like, I, so, funny story. Um, I won't go into a lot of detail, but at one point, Alpha went to a country in uh, Eastern Europe and had to do some business stuff there. And he had been talking about like, oh, next time I go over, I'm going to have you go with me. And then he came back and he started telling me about it. I'm like, dude, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, because what was interesting, he was absolutely and he's not a prude by any counts, but he was he's a gentleman. Right. And so when he got to this business meeting with all these other men and there were these women that were coming in and just in his mind, because he works with me, he works with other very smart, talented, capable, accomplished women. He just assumed they were like us. And it oh, turns out they cool. were all prostitutes. Oh, shit. <laughs> and he was sitting there like, like he was gobsmacked. He was like, they're literally sitting there in the middle of a business meeting with these like women in their lap kind of thing. It's like, that's the culture. Yeah. So probably not a problem if you're in that environment yeah. 
Um, but if you're trying to be taken seriously as a woman, they're not, he, he even, we were talking about it and he's like, I'm afraid if I took you over there, they'd just assume you were my whore. And I'm like, Shit. probably. Well, no, probably. They would look at me like, you're an idiot. Just be quiet and go, you know, service your man later when he wants it. Right. They're not going to take me seriously at all, you know? And so, but in those environments, you probably could have five or six OnlyFans accounts, you know, one for each popular fetish of the month. And nobody's going to look at you sideways. It's not a problem because it's kind of more of a, culture thing there for the women to do that but here in the states oh yeah no that that I, I'm, I'm not saying it wouldn't fly at all in every environment but i you've i women are catty man and i think there's a lot of women that even if they don't care if you do it they would so totally use it against you if they could figure out some traction with it yeah well especially if you're in an environment that there's competition between employees oh, right like you're yes. fighting for a promotion Yes. Whatever they can find to use against you, they will. And you can't blame them for it because they're just trying to advance their careers in whatever means the corporation has established. And so they're playing the game by the rules set. Yeah. Um, I do find it really interesting. And it's something that we have to always keep in the back of our minds. We had mentioned, you know, the climate of the corporation you're working for. One of the first things I asked after my initial interview when uh, my employee and my now employer asked me if I had any questions was, well, I'd like to know what your corporate climate is like. And he mm -hmm. was sort of put off guard by this because no one's ever asked it apparently. But I wanted to make sure that I fit in to what the, the how the business operated, you know, what people were like. And that's something that I don't think enough people really take into consideration. They either see their current job as a stepping stone. And so you know, if you're not going to be there long, you know, you're just going to get along as well as you can until your next gig uh, and your next advancement. Or it's just you're just trying to make ends meet. And so you don't care. You're just going to conform to whatever in order to, you know, make make your bills or, or buy food, pay your rent. But it is something that if you are thinking long term, and I think all of us as a professional, you should be thinking long term, you need to ask the question, am I going to fit in with this group of individuals? You know, the money may be right, the business may be right, but if you don't fit in, then it's just you're tanking yourself. You need to interview them. It's it's not a one way. I, I talk to younger kids these days because I'm old enough to mentor now. <laughs> Especially when but, you say these days. <laughs> oh my lord! But you know, I tell I tell people these days. I'm like, you know, it's everyone sees an interview as one sided. It's like I'm going to go in, I'm going to be judged, I'm going to be evaluated, and then I may be made an offer. But nobody goes into it looking like, hey, I'm going to decide if you're worth me coming to work for. Right. You know, and I highly suggest everyone listening right now, if you actually have a job right now and you're like, you know, stable and comfortable. Go interview. Even if you're not looking for anything, go interview because it's easier to interview from a position of power when you don't need the job you're interviewing for. Right. It's good practice. And so I went in one time. I actually headhunters reach out to me like, hey, you know, I've actually literally got cold calls from people saying, would you come work for me? And I always say, no, but you can pay my company for my consulting services. Absolutely. Let's let's drop a contract. Yeah. But I went to an interview one time and I literally walked in like, you know, 
you know, I, I could take a time out to do this, but I don't need you. I don't want you. I'm just like, let me see what you got. Mm-hmm. And walking in with that sense of power and that sense of control and that sense of like, no, I, I, I'm interviewing you, not the other way around. Because like you said, you know, it doesn't matter how good the money is. If the culture isn't a fit and the people aren't a fit, it's, you're just going to be miserable and that's not worth any amount of money at the end of the day. Yeah. So I actually, I can't remember if I told this story or not, but I, did that very thing uh, right out of college. I got a job uh, working for a large fitness company and I was not very happy. And so I started looking for other jobs and the pay was really great at this potential job that I interviewed with. I interviewed with the CEO and she was very impressed and everything. And she offered me the job on the spot. And I sat there for maybe like a three count in my head. And I was like, this, you know, the money's right the travel is really much better than what I have right now, you know, to my Mm -hmm. current job, but the culture is completely off. There's no way I would be happy here. And so I I just told her, look, I'm sorry. This is not what I expected it to be when I applied. Um, Thank you so much for your time and, you know, have a wonderful day. She was blown the fuck away (laughs) that I declined the job that I came to interview for and she offered, but I knew that it was not a good fit. And so if I would have went with that because the money was right and the location was right, I would have been in much more of a dangerous, precarious position with my (laughs) lifestyle. Mm -hmm. If they found out about it, I would have been fired anyway. And then I would have nothing. So for me, it was a wonderful choice, though an awkward situation. And that's something that, of course, you have to make the call when you're in those positions. But to your point... um, if you're in a position of power to begin with, you don't have to sweat the decision. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it actually, it, I mean, I have to admit it feels nice. I, I had someone, I actually had three companies reach out to me based on my reputation alone and offer me just literally like the phone rang. Hey, this is so-and-so, so-and-so recommended you. Hey, I'd like to, you know, do you think you could come work for me? And one gentleman, he's actually a very nice gentleman. And it's actually rather funny because I said, no, but I will, um, as a professional, I know it sounds like you're struggling. I said, I'm not going to come work for you, but, um, if you want to call me and bounce some stuff off me, I'd be happy to be a professional resource for you. And we can like work together that way. Mm-hmm. And now he calls me like maybe once every couple of months and he's like, Hey, can I run something past you? Or, Hey, can you recommend? And I actually, I've actually sent people his way and said, Hey, like I know someone looking for a job. Maybe go talk to this guy. Cause I know he's looking for people. So you can use that to build your kind of professional network. Um, when you're honest and upfront and perfect, it makes a big difference when you're honest and upfront and professional, like, Hey, I don't think we'd be a good fit, but I still think we could maybe do some work together. Just maybe not in this capacity, just kind of makes you look a lot more mature and professional than, you know, other options they may have. Can can I springboard on something? Cause it was interesting when you mentioned that about making sure you're a good fit. Mm -hmm. Um, and you had mentioned in our show notes, we talked about your social media and I think it's really interesting because I watch a lot of people in different industries. I watch their social media and I know who they work for 
And I can get a fairly good feel for their company based on them and how they talk about their company, how they talk about their day-to-day -day work job, how they talk about their colleagues and their bosses and stuff. You can get, if you're, if you're looking at a position, um, you can get a really good feel for a company and their environment and their culture by watching their employees on social media. And also a really neat trick I was taught many, many years ago is if you go out on some of the message boards where people from different companies talk scuttlebutt, you will hear a lot of inside stuff that you're not going to hear. Like if you go in and say, tell me about this, they're going to, it's like a date. They're going to always put their best foot forward. But when you got on these message boards, it's like talking to all the ex-girlfriends, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> find out that he cuts his toenails in bed and you're like, oh no, thank you. Um, so yeah. your social media is one thing, but just keep in mind that just as you can use that to look at another company and another corporation and another culture, you're also representing your company and your culture when you're on social media. So that's why your company oh, yeah. may have, you know, may, may, may be looking at you. I know I have lurky accounts on different platforms and I go out and I check my people. I'm like, what are they talking about? Are they talking about things they shouldn't be talking about? Um, so we, we do do stuff like that. And I actually found a gentleman on LinkedIn engaged in some, let's say less than exemplary behavior that I would like one of my staff to exhibit when it comes to dealing with people. And I, we had to have a talk oh, wow. and I said, um, let's just say that he has a, um, he has a preference for ladies that look a certain way and he has no problem stalking their LinkedIn pages and saying inappropriate things to them. Okay. And I watched him do it and I'm like, all right, we need to talk because that is inappropriate behavior. Like, you know, you should not be LinkedIn, in my opinion, LinkedIn is a professional web, you know, that's a professional networking site. That's the premise. You know, now I, I'm not if, like if you're on Facebook and you're like, hey, toots, how's it? You know, OK, whatever. But if you're on LinkedIn and you're on some woman's profile and you're like, you look really hot in that sweater. You know, I'm like, dude, that's weird. Yeah, you need to slow your roll there. We need we need to talk about like what's appropriate and what's not. And you're representing my company when you're out there talking to that person like that. And I don't like that. So we actually, I had to have a talk with his boss and his boss had to have a talk with him. So, yeah. Um, I think it's, it's interesting because as, as someone who ultimately we all work for some sort of corporation, um, whether it's a small business, of course, it's not a, you know, a large corporation or anything, or it's a, a you know, multinational conglomerate of some sort, uh, you know, unless you're a, your own small business owner, you work for someone else. And so there's, and I think it's a fair opinion um, that Zachary is sharing, saying yeah. that the companies you work for should not own your freedom of expression. And you're absolutely, absolutely. right. But, you but have, I don't have to sign it either. Right. The yeah. other side of that is that your freedom of expression reflects on them. And right. so you always have to take into account if, and the reason why we're talking about whether or not you're a good fit in the corporate climate that you're working for is because as an individual, if you're going to be working for someone else, you have to come to terms with the fact that there is an expectation 
behind an entity, whether that's a social media company that doesn't like specific language and so they're going to ban you for it, or whether it's um, a, a company who doesn't want you engaged. Like, for example, when I first got uh, hired at my current job that I'm now actually on the board of, they asked me uh, straight up, like, oh, do you do freelance work? And I said, yeah, of course, I need to survive. <laughs> I, I do freelance work. And they said, okay, but we encourage our employees to limit the amount of freelance work that you engage in because we're trying to have you get paid larger amounts of money for doing the work. So if someone comes to you, like you had mentioned earlier in our conversation, you know, bring them to the company. Don't just yeah. do the work for them at a, a decreased cost. We can make more money and right. increase your portfolio on the up and up, benefiting both of us instead right. of just you at a poorer price. And in some environments, so like two parts to that, one environment consideration I have is you have to be very careful if you do freelance work with, with what I do, because that could be a occupational conflict of interest and it yeah. could be a legal issue. Yeah. But then yeah. also, depending on your company and, and how good you are with business development, I know that I can bring that person to the table and then create a business relationship with them that could become like, you know, it can, it can last for years versus a single transaction. And then because I've brought that business to the company, I can now get like a percentage of the profit of bringing them to the table, mm -hmm. you know? So, um, yeah, like you said, it's, it, and it, I think it also shows your company that you have like a, interest in you succeeding together, which again, I, I know this sounds silly, but we keep going back to being a professional. Are you being a professional in the business place versus just, you know, being a lone wolf that's like, screw you? Because if people get the impression that you're just all about you and you don't have anyone else's best interest at heart other than you, then that's going to look bad on you too. And then you know, you may not be the kind of person they want to keep around because they may not feel like they can trust you. Yeah. Now, yeah. If, if doing the right thing ultimately is very selfish because then it gets you where you want to be, it still works out to your benefit. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, let me give a quick shout out to Xander. Thank you so much for joining us live. Harlow, thank you. Uh, Dog, it's always great to see you, my dear. How you doing? Stephanie, what up? Uh, Wes, thanks for joining. Good to see you, even if you're a little bit late. I'm going to judge you for that, <laughs> but thanks for joining nonetheless. Um, yeah. So we always have to take into consideration whether, uh, you know, you can really boil this down and certainly from a satanic perspective, this is a satanic podcast from a satanic perspective, we need to think of ourselves here. Yeah. This is lesser magic 101. Yes. You know, whether you're targeting a, an individual that you want to, you know, connect with in some way, or you're targeting a, a, a position that you would like to acquire or anything else, you're using lesser magic in order to get that. If you're showing your ass in social media where your bosses can see it, and then as soon as you get into office, you act like someone else entirely, you're not doing a good job. You're not performing at the top of your game. If you're going to engage in lesser magic of any kind, and as a Satanist, you absolutely should in life, then you have to think in all forms, in all areas. You cannot just have one aspect. This is my work life. This is my personal life. Because the lines between those two nowadays 
and again, did, I said nowadays too, is so razor thin as to be like not even existent. Did they ever catch? So this was my one comment, and this, you know, this is kind of like I felt like where the British Airways stewardess kind of did it better than the medic. And I have not followed up on the story. I think I sent you the British Airways story when we yeah, first started talking about this. But did they ever catch her? I don't think they did. They, and I think that... so that's that's that was the brilliant thing. Like the medic was like, "Hey, yeah, it's me. Look, here's mm -hmm. my face. Woo woo." The the stewardess was brilliant because she never showed her face, and she always made it so you couldn't figure out who she was. Yeah. So one that added to the mystery, which I think helped with the whole thing but then also it kind of protected her from that same thing so i think that one was a little more well played For and sure. and you know i had i had to give props to that because last i and and maybe they have caught them i don't know if they were able to figure it out but last i heard the big conundrum was they couldn't figure out who it was so they couldn't do anything yeah so i was like yeah there you go and that's someone who's playing the game well right they're, yes. they're they're utilizing whether they know it or not they're utilizing applied psychology or lesser magic whatever nomenclature you want to use and they're they're making the skrilla they're making the cash they're doing what they have to do in order to uh feed not only their desires but also be a professional while in the workplace doing their job so much so that when it's clear that one of their employees is doing it they can't tell which one like nope. <laughs> that's the best yep. possible scenario now, I had mentioned earlier that we as Satanists should know better, and that's clearly because if you, and we're at a point in time, I think, where there are Satanists listening to this that did not grow up with the Satanic Panic, and so they do not have the impression that there are consequences to being a Satanist. Now, I don't think it's going to be a large percentage, but certainly there is a percentage of listeners that did not live through that era. And if you didn't, you may not know that people really, they will burn you like a witch mm -hmm. professionally. They still will. They still will. Well, they'll run your ass out of town or they'll take your kids away from you. Like there are genuine consequences mm -hmm. to being a Satanist in our society, in whatever society you live in, even in America's society, as free as we pretend it is. Mm -hmm. um, and so how could that be any more liberal in a corporate professional environment. It's only going to be worse. And so the Satanist best friend is privacy. You have to be able to draw a hard line between your professional and your personal lives. This is something that I worked years in order to do. And I feel like I'm in a very good place. And I have been because I've been, you know, since 2011 producing satanic content online and I've had zero kickback you know from it professionally so there are interpersonal issues that we'll probably get into here in a little bit as we start talking about examples um where you know maybe the way i present myself or revealing of tattoos and stuff like that where i've had consequences but as far as me creating overtly satanic content there has been zero issue with me professionally and that is something that you have to work for that means you have to consciously make choices in life you cannot just run with it and hope everything works out for the best that's how ignorant dumbasses work and they always end up poor or suffer uh 
socially or physically or uh, financially. YOLO should not be your tagline for life. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, Stephanie O, thank you so much for joining, dear. Uh, it's great to see you. Uh, yeah, so let's talk about examples. Um, do you have any examples of, of consequences? Maybe you, not necessarily satanic, of course, but just in general, like consequences from behavior that you've exhibited or you've witnessed exhibited in the workplace that could have easily be avoided with a little foresight. I'm trying to think. I know that, like, so, like, I have tattoos. Mm -hmm. um, I have not a full sleeve, but I've wor I'm starting, got, like, half a sleeve. Right. And I know it's kind of funny because I've actually had a couple clients who are like, you know, make sure you show those in this meeting because we want to create this impression. And then other times they'll be like, yeah, make sure you got the suit on and you're not showing those in that meeting. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's kind of like I've had some clients who recognize the power of the appearance and the effect and what you're trying to go for. Because um, they'll take you more seriously in some cases because you have a certain look. You know what I mean? Um, as far as the other stuff, I know I've kind of sat back and watched. Other, I'm one of those people that I tend to be fairly quiet and I sit back and watch mm -hmm. and observe. And I really try to calculate like how others act and behave. So I really get a good pulse check before I try to, before I do anything or before I quote relax or, you know, like be myself, if that makes sense. Because yeah. quite frankly, to be honest, I don't think I've really worked too many jobs with the exception of the one I have now where you really can be yourself and there's like no consequences. I've always had to be fairly not me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've watched, I've watched other people, they mouth off, they, you know, they they just exhibit very unprofessional behavior and then they come across like they're just, they're shocked that it actually comes back on them. You know, I should be able to do whatever I want. I should be able to say whatever I want. And, oh, here's a, this is perfect. It took me a minute to get here, but I see some people that I know that are like, they're very intelligent mm -hmm. and I think they get, their ego gets to a point where they feel like I'm so smart, I can do whatever I want and they won't get rid of me because I'm just too smart to get rid of or I, I know too much. And, and I actually have had some like late night in the bar, you know, having a drink with other professional conversations and amongst all of us, so you know, I don't care how smart you are. I'd rather have somebody half as smart as you that I can teach something to that has the right attitude and the, I'm going to use the word professionalism because I don't need a rock star who's got an attitude problem, who thinks they're all that at the end of the day, you may be smarter. You absolutely hands down may be way smarter, maybe faster, but at the end of the day, you're more of a pain in the ass too. And I'd rather not deal with the pain in the ass. I'll take someone who's half as smart, maybe half as fast, but who isn't a pain in the ass to deal with. So Absolutely. be really careful if you think that your, you know, your skill or your intelligence is gonna, you know, allow you to not have to be professional or play the game because let's put it this way. Everybody can be replaced. Mm -hmm. Everybody. 
everybody. Yeah, that's that's a mantra that I regularly repeat in my head. Like no matter how you are not irreplaceable. Good or or how much I perform well, there's always someone that can do what I do. And even if they don't live up quite to what I the standard bar I have, maybe they're just below it. Maybe they exceed it, but they're not difficult, then mm-hmm. I will get let loose. And they will take my job. And that that's something that no matter how comfortable you are in a position uh, mm-hmm. professionally, if you have that in the back of your head as a sort of a guiding light, as it were, a flashlight mm-hmm. in the dark, I feel like that's going to help you temper your behavior and the choices you make professionally. Because if you really want to maintain the job you have, in your heart, you may want to just scream at someone in the face or maybe physically assault them. But the better course of action in almost every case, almost every case, is to just shut your fucking mouth and smile and nod and move yeah. on. Or you can have what I call my morning meditation where I get in my car, I've got my coffee, I start driving, radio's off, and I literally say all the things I want to say to all the people. And get it out off my chest, rant, yell, pontificate, say all the horrible things that I would like to say to certain people, and I get it all out of my system. <laughs> and then I get to work and I can like keep it chill. But yeah, I have my moments. Some mornings in the car, I will spend because it takes me an hour and a half to drive to work. Ooh. I will spend almost an hour just saying things like lecturing and ranting and bitching and like, God damn it, you stupid dumbass. What the fuck? And I'll just like get it all out so that I can be like, take a deep breath and be professional when I get to work. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think that's, that's like, I do it on the way home (laughs) usually as a reaction uh, rather than anticipation. I, I honestly feel like I benefited immensely from my military service because that forced me to learn how to just take shit, (laughs) you know, just stand there and take whatever craziness is being dealt at me, you know, in whatever circumstance. And so I, I genuinely feel like I've benefited from that. So I can, I can manage my own behaviors every once in a while I'll slip up and stuff, but it's very, very rare as far as consequences for behavior. I, I don't think there's any better teacher than than public service. Like you immediately mm-hmm. learn, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's uh, uh, state, federal, or just working customer service at a store, you know, oh, you immediately God. learn how to just be quiet, hear someone bitching at you for some crazy fucking reason and just mm-hmm. deal with it. Um, but then, you, you know, that that's, how you engage professionally. But again, there are consequences to how we behave personally. So rounding it back to the beginning of the conversation, you know, when these individuals are starting these OnlyFans accounts, for example, just to make extra money. And then for those who, you know, are then exposed by their profession or to their uh, corporations and they have to take them down or they lose their jobs become because of them, you cannot be surprised in those cases. I genuinely don't think you can. I think we are all adults. You would not have taken a pseudonym as the title of your OnlyFans account if you didn't already know that there were going to be consequences of your behavior if they found out. 
I think, honestly, I agree with you from our perspective, but you have to remember that there is a generation (laughs) that literally there are, and I don't want to say generation because I don't want to label them all the same. They aren't. But there are kids that were never given consequences. And so unfortunately, that is what happens is if you grow up never really having a consequence or like losing a game or, you know, learning that, that they're, you know, the outcome isn't always going to be your way, that when you do this first big thing in your adult life and career where you kind of make a decision that maybe wasn't a good one because you just literally didn't realize there'd be a consequence of that magnitude because no one ever really made you have one to begin with. And so then you're like, whoa. So I agree with you that you shouldn't be surprised. However, I do think there are kids out there now. And when I say kids, God, I am so ancient. I'm talking like 20s, early 30s. They're making decisions sometimes that are not as valuable they're not a valuable decision in their career path just through ignorance because no one ever really taught them hey that may not be a good idea you may actually you know even though you should be able to do what you want to do you can't always or maybe you shouldn't always and you know you know what i mean (laughs) yeah i i have a hard time and i I can sympathize. I have a hard time accepting ignorance as an excuse ever, but certainly in a professional environment. And I don't think it's, I'm going to contradict myself here in a little bit. I don't (laughs) think it's a corporation or society, um, society's fault that someone is just ignorant about something. I think whether or not you know about something, it is, incumbent upon you to learn it otherwise you will suffer the consequences and then you'll learn and so simply by failing that's learning right i think that was sent out to parents of i and so this is obviously not the parenting podcast but it it really goes to like you've got to allow You've got to allow kids to have consequences, but then you also have to make sure that you you give consequences so that people can learn there are consequences. Because if you just ignore everything or let it pass or, you know, then, then those kids are going to grow up t- to make decisions that, you know, may, they maybe haven't thought them all the way through because they were never, like, they never had one before, so why would they have one now kind of yeah. thing. And then, not that, again, I agree, it's not an excuse. It really isn't. It's just, as a third-party observer, it's like, you know, sucks to be you. Sorry you didn't really have the opportunity to learn that lesson. Maybe you learned it now. (laughs) Well, and that's the other thing is that I, I think it is important that at some point in everyone's life, you come to the terms that life isn't fair. You know? The world does not owe anyone anything. And, and the sooner you learn that as a human being, I think the better off you're going to be is that, you know, we'd already talked about the idea that there's always someone that can replace you. And the same thing, you know, I, I always took this, um, this quote from 1970s Excalibur film uh, to heart. It's there's always someone cleverer than yourself. 
Yep. And it's fucking true. Like in everything, you will always find someone that in some way is better than anything that you ever do. That's the majesty of human existence is that you will always strive to be better than you are, knowing that you will never be the best in a field. You know, and even the greatest thinkers of our time uh, that we acknowledge as the greatest thinkers, I'm sure, I'm, I'm positive that they still had that thought in their head as well. And that allowed them the freedom of pushing themselves, trying to get that much better or reach that much further in whatever pursuit they were chasing. Um, but I, th I, I think a lot of people look at the word consequences or the act of consequences in a negative light. And I think that's a dangerous place to be in, in the same way that we look at failure as a negative and for people who have really truly succeeded professionally they realize that failure is an opportunity to learn and so is suffering consequences is exact same thing the reason why you're suffering these consequences is because something happened that you took part in that was not on par with expectations and this is an opportunity for you to learn what those expectations were who they were from and how to change your behaviors to fit those expectations or get the fuck out of that situation. And so you don't have to deal with it. Right. Yeah. And, and like you said, consequences, I believe is it's a neutral term. There can be positive consequences too, yeah, you know, yeah. for pot, you know, I, I use it at work a lot of times and, and I'm trying to teach my assistant. This is that you want to reward the positive behavior and you want to not reward the negative behavior. So I'm like, there's positive consequences and negative consequences. And, and you kind of, that's how you start to manage people's, you know, they're kind of try to get them to behave for want of a better word. Yeah. Um, but I was looking at what Xander said, you know, he feels like society needs to fight for those that have online, you know, I don't feel like society needs to fight for that just because it's just, it's a choice just like everything else. And, you know, I, I I'm just, I'm not like, I, 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 that's not the hill I want to die on. You know, I'm like, if you want to die on that hill, I will hand you my sword. You may rush up it, swing it around, fly your banner. I, again, I got no problem if you want to do that, but I, I'm not going to fight the battle. You know, it's like, that's a choice. We all make our choices. You know, I just finished a very grueling thing of graduate work. You know, um, I, I <laughs> so everything else was canceled in 2020. So I went back to graduate school and uh, there was a lot of linear algebra involved. Okay. And, and guess what? Could I have made some extra cash on the side by showing my boobs online? Yeah, but guess what? I didn't make extra cash on side. I literally was awake till two or three every morning doing linear algebra because I was trying to invest in myself. And it's just, it's a choice. And then saying that I should go fight for a sex worker would be like saying a sex worker should like be staying home and doing algebra instead. It's like, no, I, I made that choice for me because that's how I wanted to invest in me hmm. just as they make that choice for them because that's how they want to do them. But I don't think they need to fight my battle and I'm not fighting their battle. It's just, we make our choices and 
I, I don't know. I just don't see that as, as a hill I'm going to die on anytime soon. I'm like, I'm not going to like trip you running up, but you know, I'll get out of your way so you can go. See, I think that's an important distinction though, because there's, there's a difference between, and it's not a difference that I think a lot of people acknowledge or even think about in, in most cases, but there's a difference between fighting for something and not impeding the progress of something. Right. And I think that's important because while both of us are standing here, certainly not wishing any ill will for any sex workers or adult workers who want to engage in whatever activity that, you know, quite frankly, if you can make a buck on something, I will not get in your way. Oh, you know, I'll throw making a the buck. It's <laughs> just in, you know, it's, it's not going to be for me in a lot of cases. And though I may appreciate <laughs> and engage in viewing a lot of the work that some people uh, engage in, but then you're I'm not going to fight for it either. Because yeah, you're contributing to it, which is fine. You're mm -hmm. supporting it, but you're not also going to go out and like. Yeah, I'm not going like, to have banners and signs made up and you know protest for it. I mean, that's what, in my opinion, fighting for it means. You know, you're right. you're lobbying and and stuff like that. Like, no, I've got a life of my own that I'm going to live, and and I'm not going to fight for other people's decisions. But I'm certainly not going to stop them from making or engaging in the decisions they make. And that's the difference right. I like to make. Yeah, the freedom of the choice is, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm trying to read what Logan said here. Uh, um, yeah, I want to I want to talk about a couple examples that I have uh, experienced in consequences as a Satanist with my profession because again, you know, I I've come out. <laughs> it's weird to say that because. <laughs> There's there's always the homosexual component of, you know, I came out uh, at work. Um, I came out as a Satanist to a co-worker in a moment where I thought he was outing me. And really, he just decided to, you know, say some weird flippant things. So I had just engaged in a Satanic ritual that I filmed and I presented to people online in a very exclusive manner. And then, then literally the next day at work, it was a wild coincidence. The this coworker said something about, um, yeah, it's like you engaging in a satanic ritual, doing X and Y. And I was like, <laughs> wait, 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 what? <laughs> what? And so, like after work, I sort of grabbed him. I pulled him aside. I was like, what did you mean by that comment? Like, I need to understand where you're coming from. He's like, I don't know. I just said it. I was like, okay, well, I want you to understand where I'm coming from because I realized how odd it was for me to pull him out on a flippant, you know, off the top of his head comment. I was like, right. I'm a Satanist, and so when you said that, I thought you were outing me. Now, mm -hmm. I respect you as a professional, as, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're uh, professional uh, individuals, uh, coworkers. I want to make sure you understand that I don't bring any of that into the office, and I don't want anyone else to bring that into the office. And so rather than you, you know, flippantly saying that, which... If someone, you know, the third party overhears it and hears you yeah. talking to me is about satanic ritual and then looks online about Adam yeah. satanic, you know, they may stumble across it. I want you to know I would prefer you thinking about the choices or the idioms you're using before right. you use them. And, you know, he had a couple questions, but at the end of the day, he was like, I respect it. I understand. No problem. And we moved on. And so that was that was a situation where I added myself in order to save my ass later mm -hmm. on potentially but i've actually had some situations that were overt um i have a wolf's hook on my wrist which is not satanic though it has been co-opted by satanists 
it you know it's it's also been co-opted by you know it's an old germanic rune but it's been co-opted by white supremacists as well and there was a, uh, a real estate development uh, company that came in and had us pitch uh, for their work and we presented some really great perspective work to them but one of them made a side comment to me that I didn't even pick up on until after the meeting and mm -hmm. he said you know I believe that because I had my sleeves rolled up I believe that people who have tattoos really believe the tattoos they have and that's why they had them tattooed on them and I said yeah absolutely I, I wouldn't have gotten a tattoo if it didn't you know resonate with me personally I said okay okay and then they refused our business and it wasn't until later that I realized, oh shit, he was calling me out on my specific wolf's hook tattoo on my wrist. And if I just would have been conscious of what he was asking me, he was saying, are you a fucking racist? Yeah. And I ostensibly said, yeah, I'm a fucking yeah. racist, even though I'm not a fucking racist. And so, you know, he refused my business because of it. And so my, the, I, my business suffered consequences because of my ignorance in that situation and it's not the only time it's happened you know <laughs> it sucks when but, it happens i was gonna say what was the other is there another good story <laughs> so there's another one where my boss uh we went to uh the prospective clients offices and again <laughs> i have my sleeves rolled up because I have tons of hours of work and tattoos on me that I like being seen. Like that's the whole way I like to see them. I like other people to see it. Um, but it, again, it can cause problems. I've got a nude devil on my left forearm and a partially clothed angel on my right forearm, but they're both sexually suggestive and, you know, beautiful women. And so not everyone in a very corporate very conservative state like Utah professionally would appreciate <laughs> or even want to see. Do you um, find feminists have issues with them too? Or do they tend to like them? I've never. Not just curiosity. Yeah, I've never. Because sometimes they've never been approached. Objectifying women, but then others are like, woo, you know, yay, the woman's body. Like, I was just curious if they'd ever, like, actually, like, overtly reacted to you as the patriarchy with these naked women on your arms. I can Just honestly, yeah, I can honestly say I've never, I've never considered it. It's never been brought up. I have, I, I have friends that are very, um, very staunch feminists that do, you know, sort of live by the motto of, of down with the patriarchy, which, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna say that men have fucked up all of human history because clearly I think we've done a fair job, um, and so whether I agree completely politically with these uh, women or not, they are good friends of mine. They've never once mentioned it. And so I don't, honestly, I, I don't know. Oh, Xander's asking, how did the boss see her paid membership only page? I believe from the article that I read on the situation with the one woman that she did not, it, it was, I don't want to say she advertised it to everybody, but she was very open. Like she mentioned it or talked about it, or it was like, it was pretty, like she, she wasn't hiding that she did it. And she was like sharing it with folks just she wasn't very discreet, I guess, is the way to say it. So it was pretty common knowledge that, you know, got back around the workplace. So if that answers that question. I also think it was exacerbated by the, the 
the article that was written about her on um, NewYorkPost.com, I think, or was it New York Post? It was. It was one. It was an article that was written. She didn't realize that everything that she said was going to be printed. She had asked them not to reveal everything, and they revealed everything anyway. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And so, you know, that is another example of, you know, suffering consequences of, of uh, the, the other company not following through with what, you know, you thought they were going to follow through with. Um, right. So, yeah, I mean, she, she ostensibly, she outed herself. And so, you know, she uh, yeah. deleted everything and stopped engaging in the behavior so that she could keep her job in that particular case. Um, and that's the, like... It's always a choice you have to make in life, right? There, there has never been a position, there's never been a person that has not had to compromise in some way. And, yeah. you know, there's this wonderful idealistic view of the world of individuality, and certainly as Americans that's fed to you of saying, you don't ever have to con compromise, you are an individual, you're special, you just go forward and you dominate the world and everyone will bend to your will. And... <laughs> I'm sorry to be the person if you that's the delusion that you're living under to break it to you, but that's not the case. I, I have my favorite quote and it says, Society, be yourself. And then yeah. society again. No, not like that. <laughs> that's what it boils down to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do whatever you want as long as it's what I say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how you can operate in life yourself unless i don't like the way you're being yourself and then you need to stop and be yourself the way i want you to be yourself which yeah. like totally totally defeats the purpose but so zachary's Ooh. asking about positive consequences i do have an example of that um, uh -huh. if you'll indulge me indulge me for just a second here um i work with uh clients who are old school meaning <laughs> They appreciate the alpha, they appreciate dominant personalities, and though they may not always agree, they want you to be overt in your opinions because that's going to help them make decisions on the best course of actions. Uh, they don't want you to hide. Um, and so I've lived my professional career changing my behaviors for the, not just the CEO that I work for, uh, in the past, but also for the clients that I work for. And in this particular case, because I caught the tone that he was ex expecting, I, I straight up just lost my shit, um, on this client. And, you know, they, you know, it, it gets to a point where they're paying a retainer that is equal to half of my salary is the impact that this client has on my professional life. And I, it got to a point where I was on the phone with them screaming at them. <laughs> and as soon as we hung up, they completely heard everything that I said. They accepted my opinions and my reaction as being equal to what they were asking of me. And mm -hmm. just for a bit of context, um, they were trying to launch an uh, e-commerce endeavor that was not ready. And I was not willing put my professional you know right. name on something that just quite frankly was not ready and so i just lost my shit on them and said no you know you need to you need to stop this is not fucking right you cannot do this my name is yep. attached to this i don't want you to drag my reputation through the mud if i approve this and you know they all wanted it because the bottom line is corporations need to make money and they need to pay off loans and you can't do that without income 
And so it it was a a position where I was telling them, look, you need to eat shit for a few more months so that Mm -hmm. I can feel good about approving this project moving forward. And they took that reaction and it ended up serving me really well. And now they listen to literally everything that I say. And I'm a huge decision maker in the company. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, they're my client. They're just, they're not even my boss overtly. Uh, So that's something that you have to be very careful about and understand your audience and know that if this consequence is going to be negative, I could literally lose my job. And Mm -hmm. if it's going to be positive, I can ensure that this company will be loyal to us for years to come. And working in advertising, that's not a thing that you normally get. You know, you have clients coming in and out seasonally in some cases. So having long-term clients because they respect your opinion, because they trust your judgments, uh, because you lost your shit <laughs> is rare and it well, ended up paying off. And so in my case, I know that throughout my career, I have had to make decisions or do things sometimes that I, I know a lot of people would say to me, like, why are you doing that? That's stupid. Or like, why do you even bother? Or, you know, but it's kind of one of those things where I have always had my work ethic, my integrity. You know, when I was preparing to leave the company I was at to come to where I am now, and I was explaining to Alpha what I was doing, he's like, nobody else would do anything like that. Why are you even bothering? I'm like, because that's who I am. I'm like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna leave, you know, I'm leaving by choice, but it doesn't mean I'm going to be like, fuck you people. You know, you don't, you don't exit a company that way. That's not what you do. Mm. And over the years, I've just, I've gained a reputation to where, I mean, I mentioned it earlier in the call. I literally have had people call me on the phone and say, Hey, I need an X. I mean, not even a job interview, not even a resume, just literally so-and-so said, you're the best. I want you to come work for me. How much money do you want? You know, and so I would consider that a very positive consequence for years and years and years and years of building my personal brand and demonstrating my integrity and my professionalism. So I would say literally having that sort of, you know, reputation and being able to command that sort of respect in my industry, that to me is a very positive consequence. Yeah. Um, for that, you know, thinking carefully about what you do and, 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 you know, the decisions you make, even if they're not a popular decision or they're not what everyone wants to hear or what everyone thinks you should do, you know, it still ends up being a good thing in the end because it builds your brand and your reputation. Yeah. Yeah. I always like to try to, con- and it's the advertiser in me. I can't help it. I always like to refer, uh, or try to instill in individuals the need to consider yourself. You don't necessarily need to build it, but consider yourself as a brand when you're making decisions professionally, Mm -hmm. you know, do other brands want to work with you based on your behaviors? Um, you know, to react to, to behemoth in the chat. Um, he says he doesn't give a shit what people say or think about him. Well, that limits him in who he can work with and how mm-hmm. far he can go professionally. That's just it, the reality of it. Right. And so I'm not saying that you can't have that attitude, but be you, do your thing. I'm not going to stop you. But understand that having that mentality will limit you and limit your success in life. 
And though there are exceptions to the rule, there are exceptions to every single rule, you're going to run into people that, you know, like in Elon Musk, for example. He doesn't seem to give a fuck about what anyone thinks about him. And he is now, as of, you know, this last week, the most wealthy human on the planet. So clearly it works for some people, but to extrapolate that out to every human being and think that everyone can be a Mozart or everyone can be an Elon Musk is irrational and ignorant. Well, and we also don't know how much of that came about after he had so much money you could literally wipe your butt with it till you die. Right. You know, did he did he display that attitude earlier in his career or did he like once the once the bucks start rolling in and he's like, I can't spend it all before I die. So now you can go YOLO on everyone. Yeah. So now he's like, I'm going to fucking live on Mars. Oh. <laughs> Let's, how did this happen? How can we make this happen? Yeah. He's an absolute coot. I love, I love, he comes out with some of his stuff. He just cracks me up. Yeah. I mean, we, we all witnessed this past week, con professional consequences. Um, and I'm not going to make this about judgment. So pro or anti, I just, we need to understand the realities. Our president was banned from social media because of the way he engaged with social media because of the results of his communication he was banned so like it or not there are even consequences for the most powerful human on the planet earth the president of the united states that's Ooh. something to really you know take to heart yes and logan i think nailed it his comment professionally you should care about what people think if it benefits your career and reputation or has an effect on it. But outside of that, what people think about you personally probably doesn't matter. So he kind of delineates it from the lesser more ma magic perspective of, mm. you know, do I care what people think about me? Absolutely. Because it's how I pay my bills. It's how I buy my pretty shiny things. It's like, it's how, you know, I do, I, it's how I live. However, caring what they think about me from that perspective is is an apple and then coming home and you know curling up in bed with a good book do i sit here and stress all day like whether or not somebody liked my shoes or thought i was a nice person or you know i i could care less mm -hmm. um, so he kind of really broke it out there where you do need to care about it professionally and as to how it affects your career and stuff but don't take it to your heart like and and go home with it and make it way heavy because you know that that's not helpful either yeah uh a little behind the scenes here before we started uh <laughs> i was talking to you about i'm not sure we can go an hour with this topic and now we're yeah. over an hour are you okay <laughs> to hang in just a little bit longer i'm absolutely fine whatever you want awesome yeah i, I wanted to get into these um you know, how do you identify or recognize potential consequences, talking points that we have in the sheet here? Um, I do want to give one last little potentially political example about consequences because it just happened this last week and it's actively happening right now. Um, and that's Capitol Hill terrorists storming uh, Congress, taking a bunch of photos or videos and posting them in social media. And now people are being hunted and fired for their engagement and my wife had told me that one of my cousins or one of her cousins which ostensibly makes him my cousin um reached out saying you know why is it that um when uh, right-wing individuals engage in riots they get fired and when left-wing uh, 
individuals engage in riots, they don't get fired. And I said, well, in the examples that you're explaining, which was BLM riots versus um, the Capitol Hill riots, one group didn't have any masks on and the other group did. And so if you want to distill it down to simplicity, well, you can identify the people who are showing and bragging about their illegal behavior. And so, yes, there is consequences. If you walk into a bank without a mask and tell everyone, hey, I'm here to rob you and this is my address, there's going to be consequences about it. Like, period. There are some, some on both sides. Like, I know I've seen in some cases where some of the, I guess, the, the, there are some individuals on the, I'm, tr I'm trying not to make it pol polar, right. but I'll just say that I've seen some people try to take like the cancel culture too far, or they've kind of really kind of overreached verbally right. online and, and they've gotten fired as well. So it's not. I, I don't think it's as black and white as that. I think, mm -hmm. like you said, in some cases, it's literally like, can we identify them? Again, like, just like the paramedic versus the attendant, right? Yeah, exactly. Can't figure out who the British Airways chick is, so yeah, can't fire her. But this other one's like all over, and you know, you can tell exactly who she is. So d discretion, what is it? Discretion is a better part of valor? Yeah. I don't remember who said that, but it was probably somebody famous. Um, <laughs> But no, I have seen, I think in the whole, not Gamergate, but there was, there were a couple cases where a couple gals like kind of said some pretty, pretty violently ugly things to some folks and they ended up getting fired from their position. So I'm, I'm not, I, I think I think a lot of it's optics right now. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of it's optics and marketing and what, and, you know, you don't also, just so you know, you don't always see who gets fired because it doesn't always make the news. Yeah. So you kind of got to like a lot, there, there's a thing and I just looked it up before we started talking it's called at will. And I think all states except Montana are at will means they can fire you for anything. They can fire yeah. you because your eyebrow twitches when you talk. Like they don't have to explain why they fire you. Now, you got to be careful when you fire people because if you don't do it right, then someone can sue and this, this, and that, and the other. But at the end of the day, they can fire you for anything, anything. And that just because someone walks in and says, hey, I'm firing you because you were on YouTube and you said X. Well, maybe they don't do that, but maybe in a month they're like, hey, you know, your project's over and we don't have a new one. And there's no more budget, so it was nice knowing you. Good luck finding a new job. No. You know, they may never even tell you why you got fired. So it's try not to make those all black and white kind of, well, these people, that. And you don't, you don't always see what's going on, and you don't always see people getting fired or not getting fired. Or There's always a lot more to the picture than what you're seeing on social media or the news. Just keep that in mind. Don't think you're exempt or immune just because you don't see other people getting in trouble because they may be getting in trouble. They're just not advertising it or talking about it. Or they could have signed an NDA where they are not allowed to talk about it. So yeah. don't assume you're safe just because you don't think anyone else is getting in trouble for it. That's yeah, that could get you in a world of hurt there. Yeah, yeah let's go over these um, final talking points that we have here. Um, and let me start by saying uh, Ease of access to information about our personal lives means that more than ever before, 
personal actions can impact our working lives negatively or positively. Ultimately, they can have serious professional consequences. We need to realize that even if we're off the clock, even if we're not at work, our behavior is witnessed by others, especially if you're posting it in social media. And so you need to be cognizant of that. Understand the corporate climate you work in, understand who they think you are and what they expect of you, and behave accordingly. Or don't work there anymore. And you know whether you make that choice or the corporation makes that choice, it's probably a good choice in the end. Don't always think of it as a negative. Um, our personal and working selves feed each other. And so we can't be completely separated. As soon as you accept that idea, then it actually helps guide you in the decisions that you make in life. Our working selves provide income so that we can feed, clothe, and house ourselves and our families. Finally, our personal selves bring our energy, skills, interests, and intellect to our work. It's when these collide negatively that there can be adverse professional consequences. Now, they can actually endear you to professions. So just by way of a quick example, whenever someone comes to uh, in, into my office on the behest, uh, behest of my client for an interview, they want us to ask them about their professional lives or their personal lives. We need to know what kind of behaviors they enjoy engaging in. And we'll know if they lie because they clearly won't know what they're talking about when we ask them deep dive questions. And so mm. we want people for that client to be really engaged in outdoor activities. That's what the client needs. And so we're going to do deep dive questions into those topics. So in that particular case, being honest about your passion for mountain biking or skiing, for example, are going to be actually really beneficial. And though it may not impact the job you perform in, it's going to mean you get hired over someone who doesn't engage in those activities. And vice versa, you know, there, there's going to be jobs where they say, hey, do you smoke? Because that means that you're going to be taking five minutes of every hour smoking rather than working. Well, I don't want to fucking hire you then because I know you're not going to be at your desk when I need you at your desk. So, you know, being honest about your professional choices, I'm sorry, your personal choices may be beneficial or negative, but ultimately being honest about them is going to serve you in the long run. Because gonna... it'll fit you into the culture. Exactly. Uh, always do what you say you're going to do. I mean, if, if there's nothing you ever pick up from any of this professionalism series that uh, Priestess Josephine Seven and I engage in, it's got to be this. You have to deliver on the promise that you make. And that's not for some, you know, goodness idea, you know, some sort of justice ideal. It's because... Lesser magic only works in the long term if you can actually deliver the goods that you're saying you can deliver. You're going to be found out for a fraud, a snake oil salesman, a joke if you can't. Quickly, too. So if you say you can do X and you will do Y, you better do it. Uh, you do not have to share social norms but you need to be aware of them and be prepared to adjust accordingly so for example i guess if, if everyone goes out and does a happy hour at your work but you're a recovering alcoholic clearly you're not going to go engage in you know happy hours with the rest of the company 
And you have to accept that there are going to be potential consequences for not going along. So just don't work there anymore. Find somewhere else. If, if your behaviors are in stark contrast to the environment that you're trying to work in, that is not a healthy environment for you to work in. And that's not to say that you're always going to find somewhere that fits you. You will have to bend. Mm -hmm. Steel bends. Iron so bends. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have to bend, people. Sometimes. Um, beware of your social media profile. Sweet fucking hell, people. I, I don't think anyone should have one personally. I don't have one <laughs> anymore. It has only brought me trouble, and it only brings me frustration. Even thinking about it drives me crazy. But if you have to have one, be aware of who can see it. Understand that anything you say online will forever exist online. You have to accept that. So act accordingly. Uh, if you're confident that your principles are robust, be brave and be yourself. By doing so, you'll be inclined to respond to the criticism from a professional perspective, not a personal one. If you're sure about who you are and what you are, constructive criticism is not going to break you. And constructive criticism is something that you are going to experience frequently in the professional world. So you have to prepare yourself for it. Sometimes people aren't going to like your ideas. Sometimes people are going to hate your ideas. And that <laughs> thing that you worked on till fucking five in the morning, you know, hours before you had to present it, sometimes clients are going to totally reject, even if you think it's the greatest thing since sliced bread, which I don't know why that, thing, that saying exists, but it is a pretty great thing. Uh, sometimes, you know, it's just not good or it's not for them. Right. Accept it and move on. Don't take it personal. Um, and then understanding that being professional is not about being nice. It's about being the person you need to be in order to do your job. Everyone does not need to like you. That doesn't mean that you have to make people hate you, but you don't have to be best friends with everyone to do your job effectively. And that's ultimately what we're talking about is doing your job effectively. Consequences of your behaviors can make you lose your job or actually be propelled into future successes within your job. But there are choices that you make based on the climate that you recognize and the actions that you take. So be aware of them. And lastly, of what I want to talk about is uh, you got to consider the outcome of your behavior before you engage in it. Think about what you're going to say before you open your stupid mouth and say it. There's that, there's that, that saying that that's, um, it's better to be thought an idiot than to open your mouth and prove the point. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's true. It's a real fucking true saying. And then also just know that this is all a learning process and you know, you, you can consider the outcome of your behavior. You can think, Hey, I know this, this is it. This is the right thing to do. I'm going to do it and you can do it. And it could be like, whoop, nope, that was wrong. Mm -hmm. Don't. You just just accept this, learn from it, and move on. And try try not to make the same mistake again. That's yeah. all. Just try not to make the same mistake more than once, or just make it twice to make sure you really know it's the wrong thing. To do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the first time might have been a fluke. <laughs> to do it a third time because then you're just kind of a dumbass. You're just not making mistakes. Yeah. Um, and that's all I got. Is there anything else you wanted to bring to the point? 
Um, not really. Not really. I think we were at one point in time going to do something on developing your brand, but um, that would be, I think that would be interesting because I feel like I could learn a lot from you on that, that everyone could. So that might be an interesting conversation one day. I think that's a great idea. I would love to talk about that. And yeah, people in the chat, would you like to hear about that? If so, I think that's something we can definitely do. Um, yeah, I, you know, in a little bit next month, maybe, you know, our schedules aligning. We'll or in a year, whenever we get to it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'd certainly like to do it. Um, cause I, I, I live that. That's what I do for clients as a profession. So I'd love to talk about it for, for individuals and you know, ultimately the point of this series is that you do a bit of internalizing and you objectively look at the decisions that you make so that you're a better professional, not a better person, because I think there's a separation, but that you're more effective professionally. That's what we want to stress. That's what we want to focus on. That's the frame in which these conversations are being had within so thank you all so much for tuning in live, sharing your ideas in the chat. I genuinely appreciate it. Um, and we have a lot of other conversations to have here in the near future. So thank you so much, uh, Priestess Josephine Seven, for your time. I really do appreciate you. Thank you for inviting me back. Always. Anytime. Always, always, always. I think you're fantastic. Um, and uh, for those of you watching after the fact, thank you so much for taking time out of your life to watch this or to listen to this in this particular case. You can always su uh, support the show by subscribing to the YouTube channel, liking the video, maybe sharing it. But if you want to learn about other shows that I'm going to be having, sign up to the email list and you'll, you'll find out that way. And of course, if you're uh, into the idea of Satanism as a religion, I laugh because I have people who watch or listen to my shows that are not Satanists, but still find value within them. And I am deeply honored by their time and attention uh, that you would even take your time if you're not a Satanist. But if you want to learn more about Satanism or the Church of Satan, there's only one place to go. And that's the Standard Bible and churchofsatan.com. So do yourself a favor and uh, educate yourself. Thank you all so much once again. And until next time, hail Satan. Hail Satan. Let's go.